When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Good morning and welcome back to the Back Solutions podcast with me, Ben James, and my co-host, as always, Jacob Stain. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Benny. So today we're talking stretches for low back pain. Good idea or bad idea? Jacob, what are your thoughts? We've always been asked by patients about stretches. We're always seeing advice for stretches of the lower back. Why are we seeing that when the evidence suggests, particularly for low back pain, that is discogenic in nature, it's a bad idea? I think the biggest reason is because it doesn't address the actual cause of the problem. And so the the actual tightness that we're trying to stretch just keeps coming back. And what, why do you think that people are getting recommended stretches? Because it seems to me that people are saying, well, yeah, the back feels stiff. And so, oh yeah, a stretch, a stretch will do. That makes sense. Um, and yet the evidence doesn't suggest it. So again, are we saying lack of knowledge for therapists or it's just a, lip service for a patient that if I give them an exercise then to stretch the back then they're going to feel better doing it and therefore ah, they'll be all right. I think both of those reasons probably. I think uh, you know because of the obvious nature of uh, wanting to lengthen or loosen something that's tight people think that if you stretch something or sometimes mobilize something in length that it's going to resolve the problem or it's going gonna, it's gonna to help the problem. So do you recommend any stretches at all for, for patients in the low back? Because not all stretches, not all um, stretches and flexibility exercises, yoga exercises mm-hmm. are going to be all bad for all patients. As always, it's, it's picking the right exercise for the right patients. But generally, our recommendation would be avoid stretching through the low back. And when we... When we talk stretches, some of the common stretches that we see patients do time and time again are the classic lying on your back and pulling your knees to your chest or lying on your back and bending your knees to 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and turning them over to the right side and to the left side. A lot of twisting through the back. They're two of the classic stretching exercises that I often see, and patients will often say, oh, yeah, it definitely feels better. Yes, yes. I, I, don't, I don't prescribe any stretches personally. In fact, especially when we're talking about people who has a, an injury in the low back. So I, I stick to, a, or I have an approach where we avoid stretching. In fact, it's, you know, I, I prefer we get on the go slowly in the morning, you know, taking our time warming up the tissues over a 45-minute period. And if you want, you can even do relaxation exercises, but, uh, you know, uh, stay away from stretching because quite often if it is discogenic of nature, in other words, that disc being irritated, the stretch is only going to worsen that. Yeah, sure. And I mean, the, the, the relief that everyone or a lot of people will feel is the is that stretch reflex in the erector spinae. So they'll get a, a stretch reflex that feels good after 
that stretch after that exercise, but actually it's having a negative impact on the underlying problem. In this case, as you mentioned, particularly with disc uh, injury and disc pain. And so it's just kind of a vicious cycle that you're going to get into where it feels better shortly. And then actually in the long term, it's having a negative effect. And I think even if that problem isn't discogenic, even if it's for set joints that are posterior and you might want to gap and open those joints a little bit, you know, a stretch in itself isn't offering a huge benefit, in my opinion, to, you know, justify that movement, particularly when you consider the negative impact it can have on other structures. Do you agree exactly. with that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think, first of all, we, we have to understand the the cause, the nature of the problem. And if we do, then we understand that stretching is not going to bring us anywhere. And I often explain to patients that if you have a, a swollen, injured knee, would you be stretching that? Good analogy, and then, yeah, it's a good... And, yeah. and they were like, of course not. You know, I mean, why would you stretch an injured, inflamed knee uh, when you have an injury there? And the same thing goes for the for the back. I mean, we have to understand that the muscles contract and react to what's going on at the joints, at the spine. So now we're stretching the structure. We're quite often stretching the spine, but we need to allow the spine to rest and recover and heal. And then we build up tolerance. Yes. And, and the other thing is, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, keeping that spine in neutral. And actually, as soon as you try and stretch through the lower back, then you'll, you're losing that neutral spine. Uh, you know, that's something that we can't avoid. And so you are risking the underlying structures and you're putting stresses on the underlying structures that we want to avoid. And so the recommendation, certainly from my end and, and same for you, Jacob, is for those patients listening that are doing some stretches, have been advised some stretches, stop because they're not really offering you any benefit whatsoever. There are some stretches and flexibility exercises that I think are important for the lower back, but not specific to the lower back. So when we're talking stretching, really we're talking range of motion around the hips more than we are through the lower back because movement through the hips is far more important. And this is something that everybody should be considering that big, powerful, stable joint not moving through the low back. So keeping that back braced and not stretching would be a great first step for a lot of people to better manage their back pain and, and give themselves a, a healthier start to rehabilitation. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. It's, it's often a situation of deconditioning of not, you know, not using the hips properly. Instead, we want to move through the spine. And so if we can get someone to, 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 to communicate to the right muscles and stabilize the spine and give more work to the hips, then we're limiting the stresses and maybe the irritation that's caused if there's already an injury at structures in the spine. Yeah, and it's that classic, I guess, um, reaction of, well, the pain's there in the lower back or the stiffness I feel in the lower back and therefore it makes sense to stretch. Whereas actually what we're saying is over the longer term by doing something that might seem a little bit counteractive as in keeping that bike straight and, and not stretching those tissues, 
is going to have a a much better outcome so it's it's being patient and again back to that education and understanding that those movements can have a negative impact and be patient that by doing different exercises that might seem counterproductive for example the bird dog where we're extending that back leg and in some cases the arm and we're we're making those muscles in the low back um more so the focus on the glutes but we are making those muscles in the low back work a little bit that seems counterproductive because that's that's potentially in people's minds contributing to stiffness because i'm making those muscles that already feel stiff work work a little bit but actually it's the underlying neutrality of the spine that is the important point here as well as obviously the the endurance of the muscles that we've talked about before and stabilizing that spine yeah just to to add to that the the nervous system wants to feel the stability and then it it allows you the mobility and that's what we do with the bird dog the bird dog if we do it correctly gives the the brain a feeling of stability in the spine in the joints and so from there the brain will then when you move after that give you the, a good feeling and a feeling that you know in some people you'll already immediately have a feeling of okay i can i can actually have a bigger range of motion in my spine not that i want to look it up but that i have it because i feel stable i feel strong yes. and uh, yeah so i totally agree there yeah so i think take home message of this podcast first of all is stop stretching through your low back so if you're doing any exercises that involve pulling those knees to the chest or dropping those knees to the sideline on your back those classic low back stretches that we see people do time and time again then just stop because even if it's not a disc problem directly it's having a negative impact on the disc and it's not in our opinion and according to the research really affording you any great benefit if if it is another structure in the low back that that is causing your pain or discomfort so keep that back in neutral avoid those uh, stretches through the low back now in terms of stretching there are some muscles that we want to take a consideration for that can um, become tight and can contribute to low back pain and the classic uh, muscle that we've we introduced in an earlier episode is the is the psoas the psoas often gets tight that classic what we call lower cross syndrome we're, we're sitting a lot more in our lives now than, than ever before a lot of office work desk work and that is making our anterior chain tighter and our posterior chain become weaker so our our glutes uh, and those powerful muscles that were important stable stabilization muscles if you like are becoming weaker and then muscles anteriorly such as the psoas that crosses the hip are becoming tighter now that definitely can contribute or exacerbate a low back problem so we would recommend trying to look at releasing that muscle jacob yeah um my i think the best approach to release or to get length in the psoas is not specifically to to stretch it mm-hmm but to actually work with strengthening the glutes at the back. So as we do a glute bridge, for example, we open up the front of the hips by using the muscles in the back. Again, the brain gets the feeling, if you do this continuously, 
or you know over a certain period of time that you're getting stronger in your posterior chain you're getting stronger in the glutes and the hamstrings and so it, it allows again the psoas to relax and to open up in the front okay i mean that's a great that's a great bit of insight there because again you know what i've said there in terms of releasing the psoas uh, and stretching the psoas is that classic well th- there's the tightness let's try and stretch release that that muscle which which we can do and there's some simple things that that you can do to do that quite easily without um really forcing that stretch but actually what you're saying again is if we get the balance right and we focus on strength and endurance of of the glutes and adopt some exercise and activities that strengthen that muscle then the outcome of that is that the psoas muscle will be less tight anyway yeah yeah exactly and and that's that if you do this you'd have a great benefit in not only if you think about it opening up the hip when you stand but it it affects all your movement and especially affects your uh, way of walking yes you see, a, you see a lot of people walking with very tight hips especially in the front and you know they can't extend through the hip so you see uh, a strange gait Yes. Instead, instead of a hips more or less still, you see now that the hips are being swing, swung from side to side. People can't extend properly through the hips, and so this can lead to low back pain problems, and just not not enjoying walking because it's more laboring than than an actual fluid walking technique. Yeah, I was going to come on to that actually. That that we've recommended before that walking is very very therapeutic. Um, for low back pain sufferers but we've got to be conscious of the fact that a lot of people in discomfort will will walk in a lazy way for want of a better description and that's not to to want to be disrespectful to those patients but there's obviously a fear avoidance and a fear that they're doing some damage but actually to to be therapeutic we've got to put some kind of pace into that walk and actually if we're if we're really focused on walking and we're focused on contracting those glutes, those big muscles in the buttock, as we extend the legs, then naturally that's going to open those hips a little bit more and give us that additional benefit of starting to stretch out that, that anterior chain, that psoas muscle and be, uh, you know, far more therapeutic and beneficial than like you say, those kind of walking gates that are, um, that seem just so labored and restricted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just wanted to mention also about the, the pulling up the knees when you lie on your back or dropping your knees to the side. This is quite often done in the morning. Yes. And, and, and as we wake up, we feel stiff and then we want to stretch out the low back and, and we, we think we're doing good by, by doing these stretches. But this is actually the worst part of the day to do anything like this, especially putting pressure through the low back when you pull the knees to your chest because of the hydration of the discs. Yes. So, um, again, just coming back to that point that, that we, we recommend you don't do that, and especially not in the morning. No. Like you say, those discs over the night, you know, with, the, with that process of osmosis, they draw fluid into the disc. They become super hydrated. And that often, um, because of that, it puts, puts that feeling of stiffness into the low back for, for people in a morning. And like you say, then the classic reaction to that is to, 
is to stretch the low back. But actually, you'd be far better keeping that back in neutral, not sitting for those first 30 minutes of the day, trying to do a 10, 15 minute walk before you get in the car or before you start your day's work. Do not do those stretches and just see how that feels for a, a five day period just by making those subtle changes. And the evidence and experience suggests that you're going to feel far, far better by doing that. So I think that's a really valuable point for people to take away is do not do stretches, particularly in the morning. There are far, far better things that you can be doing um, if you understand um, if you understand the impact of, of some of those exercises. And we know that they are recommended by different practitioners, doctors. You know, I was just reading an article the other day online that was very, very good, it seemed, in terms of the content. But then at the end, it did talk about stretching through the low back. And I just, again, it, there's a lot of information out there that is confusing. But the evidence... Uh, very much focused on the biomechanics of the spine suggests that stretching is 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 a a bad thing to do and therefore we would recommend stop it completely and like we say for the next five days just avoid but do those other things that we've talked about the walking the the front lying relaxation to allow that back to relax and just see how how that feels and what a difference that makes and I think this is something Jacob that we we would both recommend patients do as part of that spinal routine that hygiene every day in the first kind of period of that rehabilitation some some simple steps that that people can do that they can take action on that are going to make a difference um to that to that recovery totally agree yeah awesome okay so guys a pretty short episode on this occasion, um, but very much focused on that that flexibility um, issue because we feel it's an important one. It's a common theme. We're seeing patients generally consistently talk about stretching exercises either they found online, they've decided that it just felt right to do or they've been advised to do. And it is it is a no-no. So avoid those stretches through the lower back. Focus on those exercises that that we would recommend. And as always, go over to the website to look at those exercises that are going to support your recovery because avoiding those flexibility exercises, but focusing on those uh, exercises that are going to contribute to building your core strength will have the this kind of secondary effect of allowing those that tightness feeling and the tightness in some of those other muscles like the psoas to, 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 to change and to relax. And that ultimately will contribute to improvement and recovery. So Jacob, thanks for your input as always. And guys, everybody listening, please do go over to iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really does help to raise the profile of the podcast and hopefully help other people like yourselves start to make that transition out of pain to recovery and get back to those activities you love so as always jacob thank you very much and next time uh, guys we'll be talking more about some of the things some of the exercises that you can be doing to improve your back health 
we'll focus on some specific exercises uh, moving forward over the next couple of episodes that are really going to be beneficial and just break them down a little bit more um, so we can help you to help yourselves to a better back. Jacob, thank you.